0: Hey, LA football fans, the Left Coasters here. I'm Matt.
1: I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And if you enjoy the three of us bantering over NFL football, please feel free to give us a like on SoundCloud, head to Apple Podcasts, and give us a review and help this podcast grow. You can also find us at theleftcoasterspodcast.com. And guys, get ready for a show. Here we are, week five of the Left Coasters podcast. My name is Tony Cavallo. I'm with Brian, the ballerina Balzerini. Woo! I'm with Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio. Thank you, Brian, for wooing off Mike this week. We're still excited because the Los Angeles Rams has got this whole room excited, ready to go. We have prominent football in L.A. It means something here again. We had an amazing week of football. We really did. We have a great show set up for you today. We have a Pick'em challenge with another new leader. In the Pick'Em Challenge at the end of the show, we have questions from the fans. We have the Battle for LA section in the middle. We have a gravestone section where a good guest host of ours is not going to be happy where some of us go, I guarantee it. But in the intro section, we have a lot to talk about, including one of our fan favorites that we've been trying to get on the show for a while. Professor Pat will be in studio here over the phone. He'll be talking to us really soon. And we had a crazy week to dive into, and Professor Pat's going to help us do it with some nice little stats from the professor. Otherwise, gentlemen, are you ready to break down this what was week four? We're a quarter of the way through the season. A lot has happened. I have to say that this, this these
2: first couple weeks have proven, the first quarter of the season, by the way, yes. we're almost
1: through. Yes, just said it.
2: Almost through to the halfway point of this season. I have to say, this has been one of the most enjoyable, exciting, fun seasons. I, I'm i seeing young players coming out, people we've written off, said yes. we, we're not sure about, yes. we don't know who they're going to be. We're watching teams like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And the New York Jets. And the New York Jets winning games. Yes. Winning games, and we're watching... Teams like the New England Patriots taking yes. a back seat. It's fascinating. It's fun. It's exciting. It's good for football.
1: Speaking of the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills lead that division. We're going to talk about Buffalo a little bit later. And the New York Jets, who have Josh McCown, as a two and two record, and Robbie Anderson, who looks like the rapper Travis Scott, playing for him at wide receiver. They're two and two. But you know who else is two and two? Who? The New England Patriots, dangles. Yeah, they are. The Indeed. New England Patriots have lost at home twice. This should, I be, year. should
0: I be worried? They have before, lost before twice a year. Before I get into my reasons, should I be year. worried? Before I let That's me ask what you I'm, guys. no, 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 you, no. I be we, are, we are going We're to asking ask you. Well, I know.
1: Because that, what I we have want to answer. know, what we want to know, Dangles, the New England Patriots lost to our senior NBA correspondent TJ Wortham's Carolina Panthers this past Sunday. At home, in a Carolina Panther and a Cam Newton that came back to the MVP Ways and he improved his team to a three and one move. Now, Dangles, at home, two losses already. Here we are. You're tied with the Jets. What I need from you right now to start off this show is to take over the reins for what, what had happened happen? when.
0: All right. I think uh, I think I can do this. I had a feeling that this was going to fall on me this week, so um, I'll try and do my best. Now I wish I could. I wish I could sit here and tell you I have like this super hot take that's going to you know blow people's scalps off and 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 really really you know make folks think about. Oh man, that's that's something I hadn't heard before, but. But honestly, everything you're reading is exactly what had happened to the Patriots. So uh, let me do my best here. See, what had happened was the Patriots are not playing good defense. And what's moreover, they're making poor decisions and not communicating on defense. And I think that's what's leading most of all to their struggles right now uh, because they're first in the NFL in offensive efficiency. This doesn't have anything to do with with Tom Brady. Engineered a couple of drives in that Panther game to get them back into into the game. They were playing from behind pretty much this entire game, and and as far as I'm concerned, this falls to some poor decisions, specifically by Stephon Gilmore, who got called for not one but two illegal hands to the face penalties on third down plays that would have given the Patriots the balls, but or the ball rather, but instead gave it back to Carolina and gave them a. Another chance to move the ball, which in both situations they ended up doing. Uh, and we can't even be sitting here and talking about how Stefan Gilmore is a new guy anymore. He's, we're four games into the season. You know, we, we can't be sitting here. I was reading, you know, this is, this, and this was something that Devin McCourty said as they were talking to him after the game. We can't be sitting here talking about new guys at this point in the season. We're four games into the season. We've been playing with each other since April. This is not a new guy situation anymore. This is, and Stefan Gilmore himself has said it's not it's not a difficult defensive system to learn. It's not an issue of him not knowing the defensive plays or or not knowing where he's supposed to be on these these Matt Patricia play calls. This is an issue of the Patriots not communicating on defense and it starts with them not and I've said this before having a signal caller in the middle. Really. They have had a Gerard Mayo. They have had a Teddy Bruschi. They have had guys who are their middle linebacker, Jamie Collins, who have been up the middle before, who, who have been these middle linebacker signal callers. Kyle Van Noy is not an NFL caliber middle signal caller. Nope, he's I'm not. Sorry. From a
2: Lions fan, he is. He's absolutely not. not. He's
0: not. And so, from my perspective, the Patriots. Now, am I worried? No, I'm not worried because the Patriots Mm -hmm. have gotten off to rough starts before Mm -hmm. and they have wrapped themselves up and they have figured out their problems. And if there's anyone in the NFL who is going to get a team on track and get a team to sit back and say, we are having issues at X, Y, and Z places and we need to make things happen. It's going to be bill Belichick. I I have complete and total confidence in coach to turn the team around, to make sure that they're paying attention to, 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 to what needs to be done. But, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, it is a reality check, and I think that is my main takeaway to wrap this up. Is that this was a gut check game for the Patriots. This was a hello, wake up. You're not un- unbeatable. You are not entirely invincible. You can be taken down even by te- you know by, by by teams the likes of the Panthers. No offense, TJ, but that's a team uh, that's a team that the 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 Patriots should have beat, and a game that the Patriots should have won. So so
1: this is your uh, uh, hey, you should figure out what you're doing game, and it wasn't the Kansas City game. No, it wasn't the no. almost loss to Houston. No, it was I mean, this game. This game doesn't have you worried in the least bit, Dangles.
0: Not. I mean, look, I, I I'd be lying if I said I don't have I don't have some concerns on the defensive side of the ball. But am I worried about the Patriots' season overall, their ability to win the AFC East? No, I'm not. I would be all.
1: worried. This comes from Jerry Thornton, who is my favorite New England Patriots writer He writes for Barstool Barstool Sports. The, he's talking about the Patriots' defense here. Their passer rating against right now is 116.5, meaning they've turned Alex Smith, Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson, and even this version of Cam Newton into last year's Matt Ryan, the league MVP. Opposing quarterbacks are having their way to the tune of 8.6 net yards per attempt. To put that in perspective, the second-worst defense in the league is Cleveland's, and their net yards per attempt is 7.7. So, taking that out of context, the New England Patriots are one yard per attempt worse than everyone else in the National Football League this year. It's. It, it's scary it's bad it's buddy. not good it's scary
0: it's not good i i totally agree with you and 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 stats are stats are fine and look i'll you know i'll give you give you even even more stats there's only uh i'm sorry no, yeah there's only one game this season where the patriots have not allowed 30 points and that was against the saints in week two they allowed 30 points to the chiefs in week one to the texans in week three and to the panthers panthers this week all so they're those allowing, games were at home again too. and those these were all these are all home games the only game where they did not allow uh, uh more than thirty points was on the road so i'm not going to sit here and tell you the patriots don't have issues they do they have loose ends that they need to tie up this is the this is the gut check week because at two and two at this point in the season, I mean, I, do I think the Buffalo Bills can sustain the way that they're playing right now offensively? Not really.
1: Uh, I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm I, not really. I will, I'll be hand up. I got the Buffalo Bills completely wrong this season. They I'm have not proved saying me they're wrong. bad. We all did. We that all we got it wrong. We Nobody did. picked the Buffalo that Bills to do anything. That for real. It's very if, good. And if they can hold Tom Brady down, that offense, anyone can score in this Patriots defense, it looks like. And I think Matt Patricia... I don't know. You think he's on the hot seat? I don't know. There's going to be a fall guy. guy. There's going to be a fall guy, and we know it ain't going to be Belichick. This is a
0: guy who was being talked about as a A potential head coach coach choice uh, not too long ago. But look, I mean, there are some serious holes in the Patriots defense. I'm not going to lie about that. And if they can't stop people from getting in the end zone, as we saw this past week, there is only so much that Tom Brady can do to stop that. So we'll have to see what happens. But I'm personally not hitting the panic button right now.
1: We'll see.
2: I think it's also really important to point out that Donta Hightower is a better player than everybody gave him credit for. Like, he is that valuable to the defense, and he's that valuable to the play calling on the field.
1: He came on late, and he made some plays that almost saved them the game, but they couldn't do it to angles, but that's okay, buddy. That's why we're only a quarter of the way through the season. There's still 12 games to be played this regular season, and I think it's time. I think it's time we give our friend Professor Pat a call, and we have him on the radio, and he gives us some of his insight on what's going on so far with the first quarter of this season. So... Here we go. Professor Pat.
2: Professor Pat, are you with us?
1: I am,
3: yes.
2: Been a long time coming. Thank you for joining us today.
3: Oh, no problem. It feels like. like calling into a, a radio show, like longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs>
2: For our listeners, uh, Pat is a good friend of mine from college. He has been a loyal listener to the Left Coasters. We're happy to have him on. First of all, Pat is one of the w- one of the leading educators in the Denver, Colorado area.
1: Are you ready to play everyone's favorite game? We're going to do a little uh, marry, fuck, kill here. Are you ready here?
3: Yeah, it sounds great, guys. Uh- Excited for years to do that.
1: There you go. There you go. That's what I like to hear. So we had a, a interesting debate this Sunday, and we're going to bring it over to the Marry Fuck Kill for the podcast. There are division leaders all over the place that are just simply unexpected. When you were going into the beginning of this season, you did not expect, let alone the LA Rams at this point, to be leading their division. So I'm going to give you four division leaders right now. And you're going to marry, fuck, kill, and tell me which division leader to believe in, which division leader you think will be in the hunt at the end, and which division leader is a pretender at this point in the season. Those four are the AFC East leading Buffalo Bills with one of the best defenses in the National Football League. Crazy. In the NFC East, we have my team, the Philadelphia Eagles, who I told everyone that they would be leading. And you know who I'm going to marry. Anyway, Philadelphia Eagles is right there. The NFC North Detroit Lions, the Balzerini Special. And finally, we have in the NFC West, our team, the Los Angeles Rams. So the Bills, the Eagles, the Lions, the Rams, Pat, it goes to you first. Out of those four teams that are leading their respective divisions, who are you marrying?
3: I think that's a tough one. Uh, I think a lot of those teams have a lot of potential. I think they're doing a lot of things right. Um, Tony, I think I'm going to go with you. I think that NFL East is a little bit of a, a jumbled mess right now. Like yes, sir. the Cowboys underperforming right now. So... Uh, I like what I haven't seen out of the Eagles so I think I'm going to marry the Eagles at this point in the year I think
1: I'm right there with you obviously I'm loving what Carson Wentz is doing I'm loving what that offense is doing that defense is just enough to make them win my my I'm I love Carson Wentz I'm in love with him this year and I think he's he's it's it feels so good and I'm a fan of your Denver Broncos as well but it feels so good to be to predict a team to do well and then to be right I love it when I'm right Pat don't you
3: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Carson Wentz just like I mean, a lot of these second-year quarterbacks look great, but I think he's one that's just going to be like a Ben burger, like 15 years down the road, still doing what he's doing now. That'd be I,
1: that'd be tough for Rams fans to hear if God doesn't to, turn out that way.
2: I have to say though, looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, there's one stat that really throws me throws me for a loop, and that's their net points. They're the lowest of those teams in the net point category, which means that whether it's their offense or their defense, they're, they're they're typically not clicking as much or as well as those other three teams as you're talking. So I agree with you, though. The Carson Wentz pick is a fantastic so one. So who are you going with? I'm going to go with my Detroit Lions. Oh. I think the Detroit Lions have what? We have always not seen out of the Detroit Lions, and that is a consistent team. It's they're, they're more consistent than they ever have been. Whether it's Matt Stafford deciding that they're gonna put he's gonna push the ball into triple coverage and double coverage, he's just not doing it like he used to. It's fantastic. It's a breath of fresh air. I enjoy that they're deciding to run the ball now. A- Amir Abdul having 96 yards. Against
1: a good Minnesota defense. Against a good yeah.
2: Minnesota defense. That's very rare for the Lions. They're showing that they can be a good team consistently against decent teams. Truth be told, yeah. I was yep. waiting them for, to lay an egg because that was very Detroit-like. I I think Matt Stafford's the key. I think the play calling's fantastic. Goes to show that White Terrell Austin, is not going to be their defensive quarter and be a head coach next year.
1: Dangles, do you agree? Yeah.
0: No, I don't. Uh, not, not at least not with the Detroit Lions part of it. Um, I have to. I have to agree with you and Pat. I think I'm going to go with Woo! the Philadelphia Eagles here. Um, yeah. uh, for the sole reason, Haters. for the sole reason that, and what's keeping me from choosing the Rams here is that the Seattle Seahawks have the easiest schedule in football, pretty much. Um, I want. I want to pick the Rams as my Mary here because I really do think they're for real this year, especially in that division. They have an enormous opportunity to make a huge splash. But again, with how uncertain things are. In the NFC East, uh, you know we've seen the Dallas Cowboys just absolutely clam up, you know, against the Denver Broncos, which, uh, granted, is a great defense. Uh, but I don't like. Again, I still it still turns my stomach the way Zeke gave up in that game. Uh, and if you've got your lead running back who just quits when 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 things are going ill for you, then I'm sorry that just that doesn't instill a lot of confidence in me that you're going to be successful as a team going forward. Carson Wentz is leading this program. Uh, the wide receivers are actually catching footballs. So that's why I'm marrying the Eagles. And then I guess that's, you know, why I'm going to go ahead and fuck the Rams is because I am going to fuck the Rams. Yeah, I love it because I I am so stoked about this team, you guys. I love what Sean McVay is doing. That offensive line is giving. It seems like Andrew Whitworth was honestly the one missing piece from that offensive line. Isn't that fascinating? Right? Like one dude comes in and suddenly Jared Goff has all day to throw the football. He's making good reads on his defenses. He's, He's... He's he's Todd Gurley is running the ball to such perfection that 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 opposing defenses are having to stay honest. Last year you could game plan for the Rams every single game because you knew they couldn't run the ball. You stack 9 guys in the box against Gurley. He's not going anywhere. This year, not the case. The offensive line is clearing a way for him. I love what they're doing. The defense is playing hard. This team is a team that could potentially be I don't know if they're going to win the East or I'm sorry, the West again because of that easy schedule the Seahawks. I think they're in a position to
3: potentially be a wild card team,
1: Professor Pat. The Los Angeles Rams. Are you taking them home for the night?
3: <laughs> um, the funny thing is, I don't, uh, I don't have Sunday ticket or anything like that. So uh, the the Cowboys and the Rams game was my the game that I was watching on Sunday yeah. afternoon, and I kept on like, I'll just watch a quarter. They're gonna blow it. I'll just watch till half. They're gonna <laughs> blow it. So it was pretty impressive to watch them uh, and kind of how they've progressed over the the course of this season. However, I will be fucking my Detroit Lions. Um, I couldn't marry them just because there's this guy called Aaron Rodgers. However, um, like what Brian was saying, this is the deepest team we've seen, I think, in years. The Lions have always been talented, mostly because they've been so terrible and they get high draft choices. But this is the the deepest team. Um, If one guy goes down, it doesn't mean the season's over. So um, that's pretty sexy to me. And I think um, there's a chance that they could – Maybe win a division for the first time. And I don't know, probably the first since I've been born.
2: Wonderful assessment. And I think also, too, like, you know, to your point, Pat, you say deep. I don't think I can remember a time when we had this good of an offensive line. I mean, we even picked up Robinson from the Rams, and he was their weakest link. And now he's, you know, our left tackle performing fairly well. So,
1: Brian, you're fucking the Rams, I assume, because you got excited.
2: I'm absolutely fucking the Rams. I mean, the fact that the Rams. I am as well. Okay, so we're all in agreement. But what's fascinating about that is that 37-point net points for that team. Yeah. This is an incredible offense. offense. Best Best offense offense in in the league. Let's say that one more time for all the Rams fans that are listening. The best offense in the league belongs to your Los Angeles Rams. Nobody, and I mean nobody, including the Rams themselves, could have predicted that. Good for golf, good for Gurley, and fantastic, fantastic for Sean McVay.
1: The main reason I'm fucking the Rams over the Buffalo Bills and the Detroit Lions, who I still haven't talked about yet, is because of who is in their division. I think Seattle stinks. You can tell me that they have an easy schedule in the world. If it wasn't for two turnovers that led to touchdowns against Indy, that game is a completely different game in Seattle against a terrible Indianapolis Colts team. I think Seattle stinks, You're just and, we'll, that you bet on them. and we'll break that game down <laughs> later on in the battle for LA section. But this LA Seattle game is everything oh, in that huge. division right now. The so I'm fucking the Rams, and I love the Rams for everything you guys said. But I'll tell you who I'm killing, and it has to do with who is in their division with them. I think New England has a little bit of an Achilles heel. I don't even a little bit, an actual Achilles heel with this defense. And I think Green Bay is coming into form. So I'm going to kill the Detroit Lions, the most complete Detroit Lions team I've seen in a long, long time. The thing is, though, Green Bay is just as scary. And Mm -mm. Detroit has the divisional lead right now simply based on a tiebreaker, and we'll see what happens when these two teams play each other twice. And so far in Aaron Rodgers' career, he has killed the Lions over and over and over again. He has a million Lions pelt on his living room floor, and that's why I'm killing the Detroit Lions. It is a complete team. They're going to be a wildcard team. They're not winning that division.
2: You know me and I'm willing and always to be upfront about the Detroit Lions being a bad
1: team. I think they got Green Bay this year. We shall see. I can't wait for that game. Pat, who are you killing?
3: Uh I, I I'm not. I, I can't in good conscience kill the Rams after that performance on Sunday. So yep. kind of my de facto uh kill is going to be Buffalo. Um I I just don't I don't lose sleep over the Patriots. They're going to be fine. So I think just uh
1: <laughs> Dangles is shaking nodding his head. <laughs>
3: At the end of the season, I have a pretty good feeling that uh, Brady and Belichick will be at the top of that division. So, sorry, Bill Spans.
2: I'm with Professor Pat on this one.
0: Yeah, uh, for all the same reasons, Tony, that you're killing the Lions, I'm killing the Bills as well. Um, I, 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 I do agree that there is a bit of Achilles heel in, in that defense in the Patriots. However, I have much more confidence in Bill Belichick to wrap up the issues that the Patriots have than I do in Mike McCarthy to wrap up the issues that the Packers have. They still have some serious play-calling issues on offense. They are down to their sixth, maybe, string running back, I think, at this point, uh, after everyone else has died. Uh, Devontae Adams is also dead dead uh Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers is great uh and all that good stuff but I think there are some serious questions to be asked about the Packer defense as well I think the Lions could potentially sneak in there uh so I'm killing the Bills
2: 15 touchdowns for the New England Patriots this year 15 touchdowns that's they're the, the most offensively most, that's the efficient most touchdowns of team. any team in the league they are yeah.
0: the most offensively efficient team in the NFL Bill- and they are the worst team defensive the Bills have the
1: seven that's what I'm saying how many yeah. defensive touchdowns have they given up a lot. a lot, but that's a lot. A, so, but
2: to his point. That's all they got to figure out. That's all they have to figure it's out. It's a whole side of a football. It, anyway, it, it's all, right. all they have to figure out. So
1: we have our Mary Fuck Kill, Professor Pat, my friend. We have another question for you, and we're going to surprise you with this one. We've also had a lot of teams who have surprisingly been really stinky this year. Really, really terrible. And it gets to that time of the year where we start waiting to see which of these coaches is going to be the first one fired. It's one of my favorite gambles to make in Vegas. And you know how much I like gambling if you're a listener of this show. So, Pat, I'm asking you, as the professor, help guide me in this route. Who should I look at to be one of the teams that's going to look at their coach and say, you don't deserve to finish the season? Who will be the first coach fired?
3: Man, that's a good question. Um, It's tough, right? Not. I, it's so early so you you know it's tough to make a, a you know a real educated decision uh, i i'm i'm forgetting his name right now but to be honest with you the coach in my opinion that has just looked for the worst and just mismanaged his team so poorly is your los angeles target thank coach. you Again, i forget his name right thank now. thank you anthony lynn
2: <laughs> you forgot his name because he's a first year coach he's, he's only terrible. been a head coach for four games and, and guess what his record is
1: oh and four
3: I mean, but, like, I think one thing that he's got really working against him is how good Sean McVay looks, though, right? Yes.
1: Yes, absolutely.
3: So, I mean, like, do you fire a guy after one year? Probably not. But, I mean, if you're just looking at the performance and preparation of a team, that's the guy that's just a red flag to me.
2: Yeah, Brian. What do you think? Buddy? Well, he's absolutely right. I I would agree with him on the on the point that the Chargers are performing below their their talent level, mm-hmm. worse than any team. I don't know any team who's more stacked offensively and defensively, and across that defensive line, and performing this poorly. To to um to expound on that point though, the New York Giants. To me, I think this might be Ben McAdoo's last. Uh, that's go-out. where I was going to go. I don't think there's any team right now who is performing. To lower expect uh, low expectations and lower standards in the New York Giants with the firepower they have and a two-time Super Bowl quarterback, a two-time Super Bowl quarterback performing as poorly as the New York Giants are in such a competitive division, that it's just it can't happen in a city like New York. I think Ben McAdoo has gone at the end of the year, and I think you're watching somebody like uh, one of the hottest offensive defensive coordinators in the league go into that team and yeah. Taking I don't him. even
1: think it's end of the year. I think it's mid season. My gut right now says it's going to be Ben McAdon. In New York. Dangles, what do you think?
0: You know, my gut tells me it's Marvin Lewis of the Cincinnati Bengals because this is a guy who has had a huge long leash for a very long time and has put up a bunch of just mediocre Cincinnati teams. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction and pick someone who may surprise you guys in Sean Payton of the New Ooh. Orleans Saints. Ooh. I honest to goodness think that he Ooh. is on the hot seat in a way that is maybe not as noticed as my, some of the other coaches. Because he's a on team, a two
1: game winning streak.
0: This is a team, yeah, but this is a team that has been mediocre since they won the Super Bowl and that's just it. They, they haven't been good and They have offensive firepower. They have three running backs on that team who, by themselves, could potentially be all-stars.
2: I think if you (laughs) fire Sean Payton, I think you'll lose Drew Brees.
0: You
1: may. But and we know Dangles hates Drew. Brees. You
0: may, but you may <laughs> lose. wealth
1: rated quarterback in the You may lose
0: Drew Brees because of that. But he, hes also getting up there. I'm not saying that's, uh, uh you know, a detriment to his production or anything yeah. like that. But just in the division that they're in, the teams that they compete with, the players that are on their team, the way that they go out of their way to draft these young defensive players because that's who they know they need. Their offense isn't the issue; it's the defense. They got a def- uh, decent offensive line. Sean Payton has had a lot of opportunities to do a lot with some good talent and he hasn't made good on it i think new orleans saints fans should be worried uh, about how much longer sean payton has in that head coaching
2: challenge. i think chuck pagano is another guy that's going
1: we're, we're to be watching throughout the season i feel like the new orleans saints just bullied Daniel antonio as a child and he just hates him no, no. For i have family reason. in
0: new orleans I, I i like, to do, cheer you for like the sa- do you like him do you love him i like the share for the same my uncle's a cop he works every saints game that happens
3: okay
1: <laughs> Pat, my friend, uh, uh, do you have anything else for us before you go off and teach the young school children of Denver anymore?
3: <laughs> um, I know you guys have some new segments this year. I have a, a, a little a pitch, and uh, I'm watching a lot of football this weekend. Um, kind of like a, a, a Peter griffin ask, what grinds my gears. <laughs> um, is is anyone else, like, so tired of the cutting away to the rules expert who gets it wrong every single time?
2: <laughs> yeah. What's that? Blandino bl- should never be an expert. Who used to be an expert of
0: officiating
2: who for got the caught, NFL. Who got caught with Jerry
0: Jones Damn, on a I'm bus. I'm right there with you. Damn, yes. If,
1: I, if I, yeah. I could do less to watch the referees or anything to do with officiating in an NFL game, I would be happier for it. I'm right there with you. There's nothing every worse than cutting say, away.
3: Every time they say, let's throw it to the studio in L.A., I just want to put a gun in my mouth. <laughs>
1: It's terrible. And it doesn't help that they never know the rules. They're never there being like, you know, if I don't really know how this is going to work out, Bill, thanks for your insight, Dean.
3: <laughs> and he, um, yeah, that was, that was a thought I had. And so. they
1: never That's look true. camera ready, do they? No. They,
2: they never look like they're prepared to, to talk on camera. They're always just like, oh, shit, I'm in public. I got to. and the f- they
0: One of the first things they teach you as a journalist is it's okay to say, I don't know the answer to this question. Not, well, I mean, I've been a referee for 30 years, so I'm going to put my thumb up my ass and try to figure out an explanation for this. It
2: doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't, unfortunately. But good observation, Professor Pat.
1: Absolutely. Professor Pat with a What Grinds My Gears segment, the first (laughs) ever on the Left Coasters podcast. Pat, thank you for joining us, buddy.
3: Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, get, uh,
1: get to bed. Get some sleep. you got an early <laughs> day tomorrow. Those kids need teaching.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you so much, <laughs>
1: Thanks, Pat. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome. Thank you again, Pat. And up next, Left Coasters, it's Gravestones. Left Coasters. Each week, the hosts of the Left Coasters pick one team to put into the ground and say that they will not make the NFL playoffs at the end of the year. Each week, the host that goes first has the team of his choice. And the hosts that go after him cannot choose the team that he decides to put into the grave. Brian, the ballerina Balzerini, after winning the Pick'em last week, is up first. In week one, he killed the New York Jets. He then later killed the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. And all three of us have put San Fran into the hole, and they are the first to enter the graveyard fully. There's a couple of options for the ballerina. Where will you go?
2: Without further ado, I, Brian, the ballerina Balzerini, will be putting into the ground our Los Angeles Chargers. At 0-4, at a negative 21 net point, I don't see a way beyond the Denver Broncos, the Kansas City Chiefs, or even the hurt Oakland Raiders. It's just not possible. It's not a reality. And I'm sorry.
1: Good night, Los Angeles. Good night, Los Angeles. I loved you. Those powder blues will look good with the dirt over them.
2: Maybe if they wore them
1: more, they would have won. I am up next. I have killed the Cincinnati Bengals, Chicago Bears, the Chargers last week. And this week, I know you're listening, Alex. I know you're out there. Say it Edson. The New York Football Giants. The O and four New York Football Giants will not be making the playoffs this year. They are a team of turds, And they have no shot. <laughs> they were my second choice. <laughs> they have no shot. That one got tangles. They have no shot to compete this team year. team of
0: turds. I'm sorry. That was funny because I'm five on the inside. Negative, ben,
1: negative 35 point differential. Ben done The worst in the league. Dangles, you're Bro. up next. You killed the Cleveland Browns, New York Jets, Chicago Bears, and...
0: The Cincinnati Bengals. I'm sorry. I just... I want to like Cincinnati. I want them to succeed. I do. They have no running game. Andy Dalton can't seem to get the passing game going. Uh, The defense is not coming together, uh, and it's really depressing, especially in a division that could potentially be wide open with the Steelers not looking as good as they normally do and and the Ravens seemingly unable to put points on the board. Uh, Still, the Bengals blow. So you guys get my gravestone this week. Congratulations, Cincinnati. Who day? Day in the ground.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And now because Cincinnati has been killed by all three hosts. Wonderful days. Let us have a moment of silence for the 2017 Cincinnati Bengals. And that is it for this week of gravestones. Downstairs. And we are back, the Left Coasters podcast. We are here for why we do this podcast, the battle for L.A. And right now, folks, throw in the towel. The battle has to be called. The Rams have clearly won four weeks into the season.
0: Wait, wait, wait. How can we call this four weeks into the
1: Time season? Time The charges are 0-4. The Rams are 3-1, and one, fighting in the biggest game L.A. has had since we have moved here as gentlemen. The L.A. Rams host the Seattle Seahawks this weekend in what will be a division-defining game. And the L.A. Chargers are 0-4, having lost again at home to the Philadelphia Eagles, granted by two points. But come on, folks. You can't keep losing these games really close. We're not going to do what we normally have been doing with both teams. We're going to stick to the Rams mostly. But before we move on to the Rams... What do the Chargers need to do to save their season? 0-4, fellas, 0-4. They are in the toughest division in the NFL. I know Derek Carr just went down. That division is still rock solid with a bunch of teams. This could be a 3-13 season. This could be a Phil Rivers, why is he still playing season if it keeps going? What needs to change in order for us to care about the Los Angeles Chargers? Dangles.
0: I mean, they got to they got to be able to win when the clock is ticking down. I don't know where else to go with this. I mean, look, this isn't an issue of them not being able to score. Phillip Rivers is throwing touchdowns. Could Melvin Gordon be a little bit more productive on the ground? Absolutely, he could. I know fantasy owners are kind of cringing over how how well he's done, or now not well, I guess I should say he's done so far this year. But look, these scores, the Broncos, week one, 24 to 21. The Dolphins, week two, 19 to 17. The Chiefs, okay, they won by two touchdowns, 24-10. 26 to 24 against the Eagles this past week that's three out of the four starting games that you should have and could have won two of those came down to field goals that would have won the game for them or at least pushed it to overtime these are these are little things that the Chargers are not executing on these are d- I's that aren't being dotted these are T's that aren't being crossed and there's no room
2: to leave that kind of punctuation out in the
0: NFL it's just that simple
1: Ryan.
2: I have to believe it's Philip Rivers I really do. I think he's a great quarterback and he's going to, you know, always be one of the best players that has ever come through one of the, you know, West Coast organizations and he's going to be a Hall of Famer potentially and he'll always be a Chargers Hall of Famer. But I have to believe having watched that game uh on Sunday it's a culture thing. It has to be. This culture of winning is so fine is so fine of a detail. Absolutely. And I and I and I look to guys like Brady and I even look to guys like Wentz. The reason why we pick Wentz over Dak Prescott, the reason why we pick Wentz over other guys who are in their first second or third year is because he has that it factor. I think Philip Rivers just doesn't bring the guys together in the same manner when it matters most. He is not a guy who takes it home. He doesn't take it home. His record in the fourth quarter is awful. Is awful. And I don't think it's because it's lack of trying. I don't think it's lack of caring. I don't even think it's lack of detail. I think it's just borderline pure performance. Mm-hmm. That 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 1 inch that matters so much to everything uh, a quarterback does and I just don't think it's happening. I don't think he has been able to coalesce the people around him to get Ws. Melvin Gordon was non-existent non-existent, but every time they get behind, he screams and yells and puts people in a position where I I get uncomfortable watching it. Mm. And I've always had that weird feeling in the back of my head about him. I'm like, as a former football player, I don't know if I would have liked playing for Phillip Rivers. So that's kind of the... I I have to believe that might have to be the answer to it because it's the only common denominator.
1: It's scary because uh, uh, this past Sunday, if you were watching on television, the CBS channel held the Oakland Raiders at the Denver Broncos game, when at the same time... On cable, but not on the main cable station, was your hometown Los Angeles Chargers. When your hometown team is getting pushed to a secondary cable station so they can show a division rivals game, that, it, that's it's telling. That's telling. It- not to mention the fans of how there are away fans at the team that's not filling out the stadium, all that stuff piling down. Now the national television station is going, no, we don't want you either Los Angeles Chargers. It's getting scary, folks. So we face, in an 0-4 battle, the New York football giants oh. this week. You guys tell me we're not going to break down the game because they don't deserve it to be broken down. Both these teams stink. Who wins this game? The Giants, the Chargers. One's zero and five. One's one and four at the end of the week.
2: I'm going to go with the New York Giants. Oh, and I and the only thing I say in the favor of the New York Giants is their uh, is their home advantage. You know, traveling across from the from the West Coast to the East Coast is not something to you know thumb your nose at. I think the New York Giants have that advantage. I also think the New York Giants have something that the 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 Philip the Philip Rivers led Chargers don't, and that's a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback with a pissed off receiver and 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 a New York mentality. I I think this Los Angeles team just kind of they just kind of seem afloat, and I think Anthony Lynn seems subpar as a head coach. We're kind of watching it happen in in real time. I, I just really think the New York Giants have a slight shitty edge, and and and, and it's their home field advantage. It's ultimately. a battle
1: of two quarterbacks that came into the league together, and honestly, Eli was drafted as a Charger first, so it's going to be an interesting battle. Dangles, who do you think wins?
0: This is a tough one. Um, so the Chargers at home 0-3 on the road 0-1. The Giants at home 0-1 on the road 0-3. Uh, So you can't even (laughs) really look to the home or away record uh, to to help you sort of get get a sense on this one. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Uh, I like Los Angeles to win this. I just... I don't know even if I have that much of my football knowledge to rely on here. I'm just kind of going with a gut feeling. The Giants don't inspire much of anything in me other than despair, uh, which is great, you know, considering I'm a Patriots fan and they dashed our Super Bowl hopes. We should have seven Super Bowls, not five because of them. But that's beside the point. Uh, I think the Chargers win this game. I think, you know... uh, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a breakout game. This defense on the Giants is not as good as we thought it's gonna be. I'm going with Los Angeles.
1: I hate the Giants. I'm picking the Chargers. But nothing, ever, nothing as you said, Dangles points me to this. This is a game that I will not watch on television.
0: No, no, this is just a
1: gut, this is a gut feeling for me. And I w- we went to training camp. We went to training camp so to interview fans of both teams. So exciting! And the Rams fans all said, you know what, this is a rebuilding year. We're gonna hope to be, you know, competitive. Maybe six wins. Now look at it. The Chargers fans were like, we're a wild card team. We're a division winner the Chargers fans might be the worst team in the league the Chargers might be the worst team in the league they're 0-4 it might be this weekend will tell us a lot this is the battle of the underperformers let's move on to the team that matters the Los Angeles Rams I'm being very mean to the Chargers this week and they They deserve deserve it. it The Los Angeles Rams are here and they are winning the battle for L.A. handedly. They went into Dallas, the class of the NFC. They went into Dallas and beat them up. And what impressed me the most, and I'll ask you guys what impressed you the most in that win before we move on to predicting the game, what impressed me the most in that game was the the end-of-the-game drive with Todd Gurley running the ball. They knew what they needed to get done, and that was take time off the clock and score to sink the game away. They put it in Gurley's belly, and he did it. Everyone in the world knew that Gurley was going to be running the ball, and Gurley still produced, got yards, got first downs. That offense moved down the field. Gurley saved the day. And Gurley called out Michael Irvin before the game and said, we're going to beat them boys. And guess what? We beat them boys. What do you think impressed you the most out of that Dallas game? Brian.
2: I think it has to be the offense. Mm -hmm. I mean, that offense is just beating every which way, whether it's running the ball, passing the ball, or just pure play calling. Everything is working for that offense, and it's damn impressive. Jared Goff just looks efficient. You know, one thing that was funny about Jared Goff was that we always heard that his arm was one of the better ones coming out, and that's yeah. really what was his bread and butter. Well, God, he is just putting them where only one person can get him, and that his player is not causing turnovers. Usually, young players like him will will get a little cocky and 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 push it when they don't need to. He's not doing it. His composure is impressive, and you know what? He beat Dak Prescott. Remember, he is everybody's third choice in that in that trio of Wentz, Prescott, and and Goff. He's in, he's he's typically running in third. Well, he proved why. He is the better player on the field this past weekend. Kudos to the offense, and kudos to Sean McVay for instilling confidence in that offense.
0: Dangles? I'm tipping my cap to the L.A. Rams defense this week. They made Dak Prescott work for and earn this win. They hit him seven times. Michael Brockers hit him twice. Aaron Donald hit him twice. Connor Barwin hit him twice. These are, these. are They're pushing through that incredible Dallas offensive line. They made Dak Prescott make decisions. And when you make him make decisions and make him throw the football, Here's what happens. He's got one receiver who is semi reliable, and that's Des Bryant. When you make him win the game for you, and you make him roll out of the pocket, and make him act like an NFL quarterback you can see some of the rookie come out I'm tipping my cap to the Rams defense for breaking through what is the most vaunted offensive line in the NFL and making them work to protect Dak Prescott and making Zeke Elliott do the majority of the work on the ground and making Dak Prescott throw like an NFL quarterback and they weren't able to
1: get it done with him doing that and now it comes down to this Sunday 105 p.m. Pacific time at the Coliseum, the Rams at 3-1 host the Seattle Seahawks, who are 2-2 two and 0-2 two and oh and away so far on this year. It comes down to this. Las Vegas has the Los Angeles Rams favored at the time of recording by 2.5 points. The Rams are favored against the Seattle Seahawks at home. Wow! Also, for all those people who start talking about how there's no fans in L.A. and they can't fill a stadium up, I would love to hear the attendance numbers in the Coliseum at this game because it's going to be a packed house. This is a huge game. This is the biggest game in Los Angeles since we decided to record this podcast. And what needs to happen for the Rams to walk away as victors? Because as we remember, Jeff Fisher beat the Seahawks. Jeff Fisher had a tendency to beat up the Seahawks and just surprisingly beat the Seahawks. And when McVay came in, we said, McVay, he needs to keep that system going. The Seahawks are the class of the NFC West, and the Rams need to beat up them in order to make an appearance. They're here right now. If they win this game, they have a two-game lead on the whole division this early into the season. What needs to happen for us to beat up the putrid Seattle Seahawks?
0: I'm going right back to the defense. Uh, Honestly, I mean, we saw how bad Seattle's are, just how bad. And we've been talking about it for the season, but we saw just how bad Seattle's offensive line is in the game against Indianapolis, a front four that should not give too many quarterbacks in the NFL fits and car. Um, and Russell Wilson could not stay in the pocket if you paid him. He was rolling out on every single play. The pocket is collapsing around him. He's having to throw off of his back foot on the run on a bootleg, making these off-balance throws that are just not conducive to moving the ball down the field the way that the Seahawks are accustomed to doing it. So if the Rams' defense can continue to put pressure on the quarterback and do the same thing they did to Russell Wilson that they did to Dak Prescott uh, in the week before— I mean, I I don't see a situation where I mean, I, I honestly, I, I the the offense is going to put points up. The offense of the Seattle Seahawks has not been very good the last couple of weeks, so I see a Rams win here if they can continue to pressure to Russell Wilson and make him make bad. I choices. was going to say,
1: is that your prediction?
0: Yeah, I'm going with the Rams to awesome. beat the Seahawks because this game was nine to six last year. If you remember this this same game, this uh, the Rams lost to the Seahawks nine to six last season. And that was with no offense whatsoever. They have an excellent offense this year with Todd Gurley firing on all cylinders. I picked the I picked the Rams to win
1: this. Brian, what is the one thing they need to do to beat the Seahawks?
2: Offensively, I think they just have to not turn the turn the ball over. That's been their bread and Thank butter. Thank you. That's what I
1: was going to say. You stole my point.
2: They cannot turn the ball over. They cannot allow Seattle to do what Seattle has done for so long and that has caused turnovers one interesting fact if you remember correctly Ram's fans and everybody on the show they were three and one last year yes they were they were three and one the difference between last year and this year as as such last year their point differential was negative 13 this year plus 37 their yard differential last year was negative 442 this year it's plus 64. average margin of victory last year was five in that span. this year, and their margin of defeat last year was 28. This year it's seven. It's a completely different team. That's why I think the Rams are going to win this week. You think they're going to win too? And they're going to stay atop this division, and they're going to show everybody guess what? The Rams are looking for playoffs.
1: The Rams are for real. The Rams are for real, and I'm right there with you for ball security. Jacoby Brissett made a terrible interception for a touchdown. That Seahawks defense travels. We know that, and that Seahawks defense is still the Seahawks defense. If Jared Goff keeps the ball on his side, doesn't give it away, no fumbles, no stupid uh, uh, special teams kerfuffles, the Rams are a better team. The Rams are a better team. If they play clean, they're going to win this game, and that's why I'm picking the Los Angeles Rams as well. Before we move on, guys, we all were high on the Rams in this this number scheme we've been doing to determine whether you're a Rams fan or a Chargers fan. I know personally I was an 8. I'm a 9 now. I've improved to a nine. I have the jersey order uh, sent out. I haven't fully put, pressed order yet, confirmed, purchase yet. If they win this week, I'm going to be a 10. They need new jerseys. They, uh, they need new helmets. Let's not talk. We're going to be talking forever about these terrible helmet-to-jersey the ratios white they have. The
0: helmets look great with the white jerseys. They look terrible with the all blue. Doesn't mustard yellow, sense. man.
1: Doesn't mustard yellow. Sense. The yellow colorized jerseys look good. Regardless, where are you on a scale? You were a nine last week, Brian. Ten. Ten? You're full-out Ten. 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 Throwing the 10s up. Get this
2: man
0: a jersey.
1: Yes. What do you got, Dangles? You were an 8 last week with me.
0: I'm going up to a 9 as well. Uh, I I have no reason not to. They've just been impressive week after week after week, and I have no reason to believe they're not going to impress me again this weekend against a vulnerable Seattle team.
1: All right. Hey, Chargers, uh, do something.
0: Make us fans. Do something. Make us fans. Bring us back. Please, the Battle for LA is still there. We want Wait. you to be part of this podcast, but you're making it very difficult.
2: We would love for you to to, to come to prominence and so we can enjoy your blue jerseys.
1: And all Chargers fans, listen, I'm sorry if you're, not, if you're not liking the way we're covering your team. Your team stinks. And if you want to send us questions, we're going to be doing questions next. And you can send us questions about your Chargers. We can talk about them then in the tiny five-minute section instead of the 20-minute section called the Battle for LA where we talk about the LA teams that matter. The Chargers aren't one of them. Moving on to questions. Left Coasters. And now we're at the questions from the fans section. Again, you can send us your questions by going to Leftcoasterspodcast.com and hitting us up on the contact page, or you can email us at theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com. The question this week comes from Brian from Boston. Good old Biggs, thanks for sending us a question, buddy. And his question has to do, there is a lot of parody this year in the NFL. Why do you think that is? He's right. There's only one undefeated team, that's the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a couple of teams that are 0-4, but a lot of teams are in the mix. A lot of teams are in the mix this year. Any ideas, guys, why you think parity is more prevalent this year than years past?
2: I think it's the changing of the guard at the quarterback position. I think there's a turnover currently happening right now with young quarterbacks kind of upsurping the the older guard of quarterbacks like Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, who are all in the same draft class, and then the you know the the Tom Brady's of the world. I don't. I think this is such a league where it's a copycat league. I think a lot of teams get smart to each other very quickly, especially interdivisional. And I think it's kind of the as as proven through the many many decades of, of watching football, uh, you notice that teams know the life cycle of their quarterback Detroit Lions Matt Stafford's been in the league for nine10 years. that's the peak of a quarterback and I think it's not a coincidence that they're doing well at that time. I think that's I think that's the biggest
1: thing Dangles?
0: I, I do I, I, I do agree with Brian in a sense I mean I, I think a lot of teams have done a better job of, of identifying and drafting young talent that is actually good young. Uh, We've seen an emergence of, especially at the quarterback position, as you were mentioning, rookies who are not supposed to be even sort of looking at the NFL. I mean, when the Cowboys drafted Dak Prescott, I have to think that they were not looking for him to be part of that offense for three, four, five years down the line, potentially. If that... Um, you know, I, I, there's a couple other teams. Deshaun Watson, I think you could say the same thing for him. Um, you know, there, there are, there are, you know, potentially there, there are some guys that, that get drafted. You know, that that at the at a young age who are performing well above the level I think that they're probably expected to. So, I, I mean, in addition to the changing of the guard at quarterback position, I think I just see teams doing a better job of identifying young talent out of college and developing that young talent early, early on. Some teams are better at it than others. Patriots, for example, are great at developing young talent and nobody's into somebodies. Uh, but I think more teams are glomming onto that and figuring out how to do it, and they're making it work, especially on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Finally, for me, I agree with you on the quarterbacks thing, but I'd say uh, I think it's ever since they made the changes to have less padded practices and less uh, lead up into these preseason really? games. Yeah, because all of these teams seem to take a while to find themselves. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had one series in the preseason this year, and he's not hes not doing as bad as he used to do in the beginning of the seasons this year. But each one of these teams, the Patriots, all these teams that were used to being very, very good, are taking a while to find themselves. And I think we're seeing a lot of parity early, where I think as we get later on in the season, the teams like the New York Jets will fall back to the end of the pack, and the New England Patriots will start to move to the front.
2: I think it also has a lot to do with coaching. I think you're seeing that kind of, again, that change of guard into the better coaching staff. I don't think it's a coincidence that 31-years-old Sean McVay is a really good coach. Yeah. He's risen to the top. He's going to be that Bill Belichick, I think, for a long time yeah. if he meets his potential. I think good coaching is with McDermott. I think we're watching him really come into his own. I think just that that change of the the one generation to another um, kind of taking into effect, I think that has a lot to
1: do with it as well. And yet the Chargers still got Anthony Lynn. Moving on to Pick'Em Challenge. Lynn. And now for the Week 5 Pick'em Challenge We have a new leader in the clubhouse Brian, the ballerina Balzarini. Before thank I you, go, thank you. let me just say that we all stunk last week we all really, really but we should not be doing this. We were that bad last week. Brian, you were nine and seven and that won the week. I was eight and eight. Dangles, you were seven and nine for the season. Yikes. Brian and I are atop the leaderboard at thirty-eight and twenty-five. Dangles, a game behind us at thirty-seven and twenty-six. Dangles, your early season lead like the New York Jets, you've fallen back to the pack, buddy. <clears throat> a lot of so,
0: a
2: lot of season left to go.
1: So without any further ado, ballerina. Lead us into the games.
2: All right, here we go. Pick'em starting Thursday, October 5th at 525 Pacific Standard Time. We have the New England Patriots
1: at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In the return game of Doug the Muscle Hamster. Martin Dangles, buddy, what's going on? I think
0: it's going to matter. The <laughs> Patriots must, must, must win this game. They cannot fall to 2-3 and three, as far as I am concerned, as far as Bill Belichick is concerned, as far as Robert Kraft is concerned, as far as Thomas Brady is concerned, as far as anyone in Foxborough, Massachusetts, or the greater New England area is concerned. The Patriots must win this game. It's in Tampa. Road games don't really concern me as a Patriots fan. I think they got to go in there and win this game. I think they're going to go in there and win this game. I think the defense is going to be motivated because everyone is going to be talking all week about how much they suck, and I think they're going to want to go out and make a statement. Patriots win this game by at least a touchdown.
1: I think when you saw this game at the beginning of the year, you looked at Week 5 Thursday night, it's going to be, oh, New England at Tampa Bay. It's going to be New England by 30. Let, let's make dinner plans, honey. I don't need to watch this game. Never thought that. This game now is going to be a competitive game. This game now is going to be a competitive game. I'm still picking New England to win because I trust Bill Belichick and Tom Brady more than I trust Cutter and uh, Jameis, but it's going to be a competitive game. Brian. I'm going to
2: pick uh, New England as well, mainly because I don't think Tampa has had a convincing win yet.
1: <laughs> me either.
2: They lost to to Minnesota with uh, Case, Case Keenum, Keenum yeah. and then they just barely snuck one out. New York Giants, they was dominated the, that game. I was but... going
0: to say, was the 26 to nothing win against the Bears not convincing?
1: No.
2: Mike Lennon, are you kidding me?
0: Still twenty six to nothing.
2: No, I, I I don't I don't consider anybody who's playing my Glenn in serious. Um, I, I sorry twenty nine to seven. Yeah. Still. No, I don't think that was a convincing win in my book because I just they they got the W before they showed up to that game. Uh, next we have the uh, start of the Sunday games. Ten o'clock in the morning we have Jets at the Browns. Ooh.
0: <laughs> I'm going. Uh, oh. Uh, uh, is this your opportunity oh, to take uh, the Browns? You know I've taken the Browns the last two weeks and they fucked me. Um, this is in Cleveland. Um,
2: Mm. Put me
1: down for the Jets, yeah, Tony, while he's thinking.
0: Yeah, put me down for the Jets, too. Put me down for the Jets, too. After last week, I'm definitely going New Blau York. Blau
1: Powell. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets.
2: Wonderful. All right, we're all in agreement. Next, we have the Panthers at the Lions. This is interesting. That's a good game. I'm this excited to see this. This is the exact
1: opposite of the game we just talked about.
2: <laughs> I'm picking the Lions. I think the Lions have what it takes at home to beat the uh, Carolina Panthers. They just got to they got to they got to stall what looked to be a Cam Newton coming into his own last week. They just got to make him make bad decisions and then cut him off from Christian McCaffrey and then just do
1: what they do put points on the board. Yeah, I think uh, I think the New England defense was exactly what the doctor ordered for Carolina. Yep. But that that Detroit is again, they're more complete team than the Lions have ever had. I think Detroit wins.
2: They're causing turnovers like they've never done before. I think Detroit it's wins. Crazy.
1: Dangles.
0: I think it's gonna be tough to stop the Panthers' roll this week. I'm gonna go with Carolina in this game. Uh, I think they are high off that win against the Patriots. I think they come in against what Cam Newton could turn into a vulnerable. Detroit Lions defense. I'm going to go with the Panthers on the road
2: to sneak one out against the Lions. I hope the Lions don't get too comfortable. Next, we have the 49ers at the Colts. Another nasty game. Yeah, I guess I'm going Indy.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. All right. So Tony doesn't care. Dangles? Uh, Do you
0: care? No, I don't care. Um, but
1: the, the good news is with all these shitty teams playing each other that means we have competitive games in the other game. True that. You know what I mean? There's
2: some good ones down the pipe here.
0: This is this is very true. Uh however, um yeah, no, I'm going Andy. <laughs>
2: I was going to do the same thing. I was
0: trying to convince myself to choose the 49ers to be different, but I just can't.
2: I tried to find a reason why Brian Hoyer was going to pull it out. Yeah, he's the not. The way this season has been going, nothing would surprise me It's an less. unlucky season for them. Yes. Nothing would surprise me less if they were to win, but I'm going with Indianapolis. Uh, next, we have the Titans at the Dolphins. Before you pick Tony, I had something to pass along from Pat Cavanaugh, the professor himself. He said something off air, and I think it was worth repeating. He wanted to know... Did we see Jay Cutler as a wide receiver in the Wildcat? He said all he was missing was a cigarette.
1: Yep. Yeah smoking no. and Jay,
0: I'm I'm right there. I'm right there with him. Definite Definite definition was, of collecting a check. A, there was a, I will say he did not. He did does not necessarily get the award for most useless player on the field at any given time this year because the Chiefs ran a similar weird formation in their Monday night game where they had like Travis Kelsey taking the snap, Char West and and, Ter- uh, and 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 kareem Hunt on either side of them in the backfield, and then Alex Smith, one player back, who just stood there on this run. Up the middle by Travis Kelsey and did nothing. He was as useless, if not more useless, than Jay Cutler. I so don't kudos, know. Kudos, Jay. You did not get the most useless player on the field award.
1: John Gruden did a great job during Monday Night Football describing the Chief, Chiefs' offense and that there's a lot of window dressing and they run a lot of basic plays with a lot of glitz and glam around it. And it's true.
2: There's nothing that, about glitz and glamour with, with Jay Cutler with his hands on his hips. No.
1: Jay Cutler looks like a piece of poop. But <laughs> the question is is Marcus Mariota playing in this game? Great question. And, I, and nobody knows the point, answer At this point, we don't know. He had a hamstring pull. When was the last time you heard a quarterback pull a hammy? It's been a long time. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Uh, it's been a while, but then Derek Carr's had two back injuries. The so. thing is, I think Marcus Mariota is going to play, and that's why I'm picking Tennessee. God.
2: If they don't have Marcus Mariota and it's Matt... Castle. The career backup Castle. Yeah. I have a really hard time believing, I don't know, man, Jay Cutler... Jay Cutler on, stunk. Hands on hip. He looks hands so He he looks awful. How do you get shut up by the New Orleans defense? They look so terrible. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. I think Malarkey's a better coach.
0: I'm going to go with the Titans regardless of who starts at corner quarter, uh, quarterback. Uh, if you recall, Matt Castle, although he may be, did lead the Patriots to an 11-5 season when Tom Brady went down in the first half His of only the 2008 season. season. And, if you remember correctly from last season when Marcus Mariota was hurt, Matt Castle came in and actually did well. He performed. He did OK. And this year he's got a couple of running backs to give the football to who are actually performing in Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray. He's got a, a clear number one receiver in Rashard Matthews. He's got a top 10 tight end in Delaney Walker. He's got one of the best offensive lines in the league. I just don't see a way that the Miami Dolphins actually win this game, especially when they can't get anything going on offense. Jay Ajayi isn't doing shit But they for got them.
2: stalled last week by Houston.
0: They can't do shit? I, maybe they did. Maybe they did. I just, I, Even though this game is in Miami, uh, I, I mean, they didn't just get stalled. They got the shit kicked All out All right, of who him. do you got? By, uh, Oh, no, I said Tennessee. All, Tennessee. All right, you State got Tennessee.
2: Tennessee. Okay,
1: <clears throat> duly noted. Bills at the Bengals. Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, Buffalo. Since he stinks, I don't care what they did against uh, Cleveland. Since he stinks. But they came out this this week. Buffalo, buffalo
0: Buffalo is going to prevent Cincy from scoring. Buffalo, That's buffalo, just about buffalo, buffalo, Buffalo,
1: Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo,
2: Buffalo. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. That's my upset of the week. Wow. I'm not a believer in the Buffalo Bills. You just killed
1: Cincy in the gravestone pool. I
2: still think the Red Rockets good for some upsets at home with A.J. Green. All right. Four touchdowns for the, for the young man. Like, give credit where credit's due. I think they're ready to go, and I think they're just going to do it can't explain why. Next we have the Jaguars at the Steelers.
1: Listen, Pittsburgh's not as good yeah, as they Yeah, they are be. not.
0: I'm actually picking Jacksonville to win this game. <laughs> uh the way that they have been they have been going the last couple of weeks, I think they're due for a big win. The Steelers lost, I'm sorry. The Steelers won by only 3 against the uh the Cleveland Browns and they lost straight up to the uh Chicago Bears. Tony, this is a vulnerable team, and I think the Jacksonville Jaguars can come in there. If they can get just a couple of touchdowns, Big Ben and A.B. have not been on the same page at all this year. I think they could potentially keep them out of the end zone and sneak a win out here.
1: You tell me. Where the is Jacks- the game?
2: It's at, at it's
0: Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh.
1: And where did the Jaguars just go? And they went to overtime against the New York Jets. So if you go to New York and you can't beat the Jets, you ain't going to Pittsburgh to beat the Steelers. Pittsburgh wins.
2: I was just about to say, if you pick the Jacksonville Jaguars... I was just about to tell you, too, for laughing at me for picking the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals over the Bills, you guys got some nuts on you. No, I'm not an idiot. Steelers all the way. Next, we have the Cardinals at the Eagles.
1: Oh, man. I mean, I think Arizona puts up a fight because the Eagles are, as they're, as good as they are, they let the team back into the game. And Arizona has a type of offense to keep them into a game. Carson Palmer can still whip the ball. He had a great overtime drive against a crappy San Fran oh. team. They shouldn't have been in overtime but they won the game. I think Philly wins, but it's closer than you think.
2: I don't know how the Cardinals aren't putting more points up on the board. I understand San Francisco has a really good defensive line, but they uh, the Cardinals are not making a strong case for themselves no. at this moment. I'm going to go with the Eagles. Dangles?
0: Yeah, I'm also going with Philadelphia.
2: All right, so then we have in the next set of games we're in the afternoon now correct we are in the afternoon and just a note to our fans the rams are playing in the afternoon so late yeah. afternoon yeah for
1: your scheduling purposes prime
2: time after that we have the ravens at the raiders a lot of r's there
1: well we have uh the raiders led by ej Manuel. he didn't look bad Derek carr is out for at least two weeks possibly six weeks with some screwed up back issues it went down, He went down weird and came off weird, and a back is not a thing you want to deal with, just ask Tony Romo. We're worried for the Raiders, because the Ravens have a really good defense, and E.J. Manuel, for as not bad as he looked, stinks.
2: And there's one division you don't want to be sleeping in, and yeah. that's the division, the uh, AFC
1: West. I think I'm going—oh, man, this is tough. You're going to have to go somewhere else first. Let All me right, think on dangles, this. Dangles,
2: any serious thoughts?
0: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, Baltimore here on the road, I think. The defense is just going to be too much. E.J. Manuel's not a good quarterback. E.J. Manuel stinks. And, frankly, I think we saw last year the offense for the Raiders – with the exception of Marshawn Lynch, has not changed much uh, since last year. Uh, and with Derek Carr out, we saw what that offense can't do. God. Marshawn Lynch is not uh, is not performing up to standards this year, really. And without Derek Carr, I just don't see a way for this Oakland offense to get into the end zone against that yeah. Baltimore D.
1: I want to pick Oakland, I really do, but I think i got to go with Baltimore. EJ, I just can't pick E.J. Manuel. Can't do it.
2: What bothers me, though, is that Joe Flacco only has one touchdown this year.
1: I don't think Baltimore is very good, but it's E.J. Manuel. Manuel. Mm. Who are you going with, Bry? The two of us took Balti. It's tough, I know, but it's EJ Manuel. He got a coach fired. He's been is this his third team now? It's EJ yeah. e. Manuel.
2: And you know what's you know what scares me the I most? I want you to go for Oakland no, so I, know I can you do. beat you on the pickup. I know you do, but here's the thing that scares me the most is Jack Del Rio, you could see the panic in him. Yep. He was play his play calling was was best described as desperate. Yep. He was trying to pull shit out of his hat, and that makes me worried that they don't feel as confident. And I don't even think they expected Derek Carr to get hurt this year. So I, um, I'm i unfortunately going to go with the Ravens as well. Um, next we have
1: the—this is a great game. Sunday night, right?
2: No, not yet. Oh, uh, Afternoon. Hold your horses. Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys. How could I forget? you?
1: How could I forget? This you is the game of the people. week. This is the game of the week. Fantastic game. Um, uh, Dallas wins. This Ooh. is a revenge game for Dallas from last year. Dallas has the recipe to beat us. I think Zeke plays, and I think Zeke uh, is Ezekiel Elliott again. And I, I still don't like Greenback. Speaking of which, we have too many injuries right now to make me feel safe. We have three backup offensive linemen out there against Chicago. Just for all, that's our... not going to run against Dallas.
2: For my, for my knowledge and everybody else listening out there, if the uh, by the end of the week we discover that the uh, stay is no longer in place for
1: Ezekiel Elliott, is he playing in this game? No, he's suspended right away. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, he's suspended right away. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think. Do you Ezek- think it matters? It, yeah absolutely it, i mean i, I think I mean, dallas, it matters ultimately but i think dallas it, wins uh regardless that's my point that's but my question. but i i just think dallas is the better team they're hyped up in this game they need to win dallas anybody else yeah, yeah
0: i'm gonna go with dallas here too uh it's at home uh green bay is suffering at the running back position uh and they're suffering yeah. everywhere yeah, well, I they have mean, injuries but everywhere es- but especially at the running back position
2: if they were fully healthy i would i would easily have picked the packers but i think without my- montgomery and a couple other key players especially on the offensive line i think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get hurt here so uh yeah so the cowboys this is your late game kansas city chiefs at the houston texans
1: really good game a really, really interesting game. Really good game. I think, I think Houston's for real, guys. I think Houston is for game real. is in Houston. It's going to be fun. Houston's defense is for real. If Deshaun Watson can play, and now you have Will Fuller as the speedster against DeAndre Hopkins on the other side, and Lamar Miller can run the ball, that team's good.
2: Remember when, we picked, good. when we picked the rookie quarterbacks at one of the, uh, one of the Mary Fuck Kills this year, Deshaun Watson was kind of the guy everybody was kind of waiting to see. He's a gamer.
1: He's doing guy's great. Guys a gamer. He's doing so great. So who are you picking, Tony? Kansas City. After all that. After all that, Kansas yeah, yeah. City is the most complete I team in the NFL to, right now.
0: I agree. I have to go with Kansas City as uh, as well. As much as I like what I'm seeing out of Houston and as much as I, I think that it's great that Houston now has a quarterback that can allow them to keep defenses honest because he can not only throw the ball, but he's a running threat as well, which not only opens up the passing game, but also allows Lamar Miller more room to do what he needs great to do. Great
2: game out of him. Great game out of him and great point. Uh, I think ultimately what this comes down to is what we saw at a Cream Hunt on Monday Night Football this past week, that guy is good. Or yeah. every game that he's played yeah. pretty much so far we're this all, year. We're all waiting for him to fall off the cliff and he just hasn't and yeah. and I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Kansas City's got uh, too much firepower for the Texans, but don't be surprised on this big stage, Deshaun Watson comes through because that's what he was known for, yeah. and J.J. Watt, who knows, man? He could do anything so don't be surprised if the Texans win this one. This is a
0: time last year where a lot of people were starting to talk about whether or not Zeke Elliott might lead the league in rushing and more importantly, whether or not Zeke Elliott might potentially be an MVP candidate towards the end of the season. Do you think that is in the potentially in the cards for Kareem Hunt, or is it too early to say at this
1: point? No, because after all that Zeke did, they still even gave Offensive Rookie of the Year to his quarterback. Quarterbacks win those awards.
2: And look at who they're playing, Deshaun Watson. If he keeps going at the rate he's going and puts the Houston Texans atop that division, which is wide open right now, that very well could potentially be the case. Uh, this is your Monday night football game. The hurt, battered Minnesota Vikings at the Mitchell Trubisky-led Chicago
1: Bears. Let's talk about Mitch for a second. We're going to end this podcast talking about my boy Mitch. When Brett Green was on here in week three, he took my gravestone pick and he killed the Chicago Bears, a team that I was not ready to kill for a while because when Mitch gets on the field, this team is a different team. It was a competitive team with Mike Glennon in some games, not in the Green Bay game, but this team beat Pittsburgh. This is a team that, if everything goes well, they can do it, and Mike Glennon was not the man to do this. Now it's Mitch Trubisky, the guy I wanted to see, the guy that impressed me the most in the preseason, hosting a team in Minnesota that probably would have beat your Detroit Lions had Dalvin Cook stayed healthy and no. not fumbled the ball right there. That was a huge momentum swing at that point in the game. Fumbled the ball. They were on their way to scoring and taking over that game. Case Keenum almost beat you, Detroit Lions. You can't, no. You can't not admit that. Dalvin Cook being out. Sam Bradford might not play. This team is going to lose. To the Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky. But I will say, a man that wanted Mitch to start, this is probably the most pressure you could have put him under on Monday Night Football against one of the best defenses in the league in the Minnesota Vikings. I just think Minnesota doesn't have enough firepower anymore on offense, and I think Mitchell Trubisky wins this game, Chicago.
2: I think it's genius that they're putting they're giving him a long week against a case Keenum led Minnesota Vikings without Dalvin Cook. There is not a better time to 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 put a rookie in and do it at home against a, a team that's struggling, but also a team in Chicago that is literally falling apart every which way Mitchell Drabisky is good at. Their offense is 23rd, but their defense is 8th. Their passing is 27th. Their rushing is 12th. I mean, I don't know how you get any lower than that. The kids just got to just manage the game. Do what Mike Glennon couldn't. And don't, that's just, don't fumble the ball just, with
1: your knee. Don't be stupid. Yeah.
2: Just flat out don't be stupid. Yeah. I'm also picking the Chicago Bears. I thought I'd be alone here. No.
0: No, I mean I totally I, I, I totally I totally, I totally get it. I am gonna go with the Vikings though here yes. in this one. I am picking Minnesota for this this game. I, I love what I saw out of Trubisky in the preseason. I think he is going to look head and shoulders better than Mike Glennon did under center, and I think it's gonna be a start towards a better future for the Bears. I think they're gonna win a couple of games under Trubisky. I just don't think this is going to be the one in his first NFL start. So I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Vikings that defense. Offense is still there as injury depleted as the offense may be. Uh, and Case Keenum didn't. He looked not great this past week, but he made some good throws uh, in the previous week uh, uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, against Tampa Bay. He made some very good throws, and he looked great with Stephon Diggs when they were on the same page. Uh, so I know that I realize this is a way game. The Bears still have some huge, huge holes on the offensive side of the ball. Their offensive line is still god-awful no matter what quarterback is underneath center, uh, and I think Minnesota wins. There we go.
2: That is the Pick'ems for this week,
0: that and is. that
1: is all we have. Yeah, It is. Brian, you are alone on two games. Dangles, you are alone on three games i'm alone on none so i'm not being very daring this week probably because i want my lead back but that's all we got for the left coasters podcast this week thank you so much guys thank you professor pat for joining in on us and uh big game for la football this week let's see what happens i hope we come in next week with smiles on our faces and a division lead in our back pocket
2: and i hope we see those stands full of rams jerseys and rams gear Let's drown off that Seattle Seahawk neon green.
1: And let's end this show the way we used to end all of our shows, with a big, old, hearty rabbit.
2: They were able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as
0: we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500,
3: on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.